Do you know that last year Americans spent over eight eight hundred and eighty six billion dollars on Christmas gifts? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that incredible? I looked. I couldn't believe it. This got to be wrong. So I checked a couple other, and sure enough, eight hundred and eighty six billion dollars. That's an increase last year of 14% over the previous year. And every year, it, it continues to, to go up. On average, American households are expected to spend about $900 in Christmas gifts this year. This year. Obviously, gift giving at Christmas, it's, a, it's kind of a part of our culture. It's a part of American life. It's in the fabric of our, of our traditions. But yet, for Christians, gift giving at Christmas actually goes back to the very first Christmas after the birth of Jesus and most likely sometime after he was dedicated in the temple. It's usually about 40 days after that. The Bible says that, that kings, magi from the east, came to see Jesus. In the book of Matthew, it says that upon finding Jesus, they came into the house, they opened their treasures, and they opened up and gave him the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, we're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, the, uh, the significance of those gifts uh, next week. But needless to say, gift giving has been, a, been a, an important part of Christian households for not just centuries, but really for, for millennia. Let me just pause here just a minute and encourage you this Christmas season to bring Jesus right into the center of Maybe in the very center of your gift giving. Here's an easy way. Whether you open gifts, gifts on Christmas Eve, maybe um, Christmas Day, maybe you've got family all scattered everywhere, and you just like whenever we can get them all together, that's when we do Christmas gifts. So whenever that time is, just, just take a moment. Take a few minutes and turn the focus to Jesus. Simply, um, I mean, a simple thing is just to read the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2 or Matthew chapters 1 and 2. Or read the, the story of the, the kings coming and bringing those gifts to Jesus. You can find that in Matthew chapter 2, verse, just 12 verses. So you're getting ready to open gifts. You stop and say, hey, and you open up the word. Read those 12 verses. And then you're just like, Lord, here we are. We're, we're here to give you afresh our lives. God, thank you for the gift of your son. And then... And then Jump in and have a great time with those, with those gifts. Small act of worship. A small act of worship can be a meaningful gift for your family and to the Lord. Christmas, you know, Christmas, Christmas Day actually falls on the Lord's Day this year. And I know many people are going to be traveling. You have traditions. And, but we are going to have a service. It's going to be an abbreviated service, about 45, 50 minutes you know that Christmas and the Lord's Day will not happen again for 11 years. So it's, I mean, imagine Christians come, being able to come together, just take a little short time. I know it's Christmas morning, like, what in the world? But just come. We're going to have some singing, a little t time of reflection. Kids, you can come in your pajamas. Ryan's going to be wearing a onesie, so come. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that. We are not doing that. 10.45, Christmas Day, take a little pause, come and let's worship together. Let's give our hearts afresh to King Jesus and then go and celebrate 
family and friends. If you're traveling and out and about, uh, we'll trust the Lord, Lord will bless you. Well, Christmas is a time of gift giving, but there is one gift that rises far beyond any gift that's ever been given. It's the gift conceived in the heart of God and placed in a manger on a cold night in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. The gift is obviously Jesus, God's only son. Over these next four Sundays, we're going to be looking at the significance of this treasured gift in, in various passages of Scripture and highlighting this gift that was prepared, this gift that was given, the gift received, and then the gift shared. This morning, we're delving into the gift prepared. That's why, you, as you walked in, you saw not only the beautiful Christmas decorations right over there, all those gifts. Just a reminder that we have, I mean, in this season of gift giving, there is a great gift. I encourage you, hey, take your family. There's some great places to get some Christmas photos. Those, uh, those gifts are incredible out there. Centuries before the arrival of this gift in Bethlehem, God, God was preparing it. He was fashioning and giving, even giving us hints about this, this gift that he would soon give. One of those hints is found in the book of Isaiah. So if you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, I would encourage you to turn to the book of Isaiah. It's a little bit past halfway in your Bible. It's a large, one of the, one of the larger books in, in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 9. And we're just going to camp out on two verses, verses 2 and verses 6. If you have your pew Bible, you can find it on page 573. Isaiah chapter 9. Let's read together verses 2 and 6. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness... On them has light shone. Verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Obviously this passage is, is about Jesus. A child would be born, a son would be given a gift this passage was written think about this it was written over 700 years before that gift was given 700 years before the birth of christ and throughout the old testament prophecy spoke about this gift from from god like a like a thoughtful gift at christmas god was carefully packaging it and preparing it for us and giving us glimpses of just how incredible this gift would would be. In Genesis, we learn that Jesus would come from the, from the lineage of Abraham. In Numbers, we read that Jesus would come from the, from the lineage of Jacob. Then in Isaiah and Jeremiah, Jesus would come from the lineage of Jesse and King David, respectively. In the book of Micah, we're told that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Isaiah also told us that Jesus would be born of a virgin. In the Psalms, we learn that Jesus would be worshipped by shepherds and, and given gifts by kings. Hosea prophesied that Jesus would, 
would have to leave his country and then be called out of Egypt. All of these prophecies and every one of them and others were fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Jesus was from the lineage of Abraham, Jacob, and and Jesse, and David. He was born in Bethlehem of the Virgin Mary. Shepherds and kings did come to see Jesus. Jesus' family did have to leave, and they had to go down into Egypt because Herod was, in his fury, was seeking to kill all the male children born in, the, in Bethlehem in the region throughout. And so um, Jesus' family left. They stayed in Egypt until Herod passed away, and then they came out of Egypt, just as the prophet said. I think there's a couple of lessons that we can learn today from this passage that point us to this incredible gift that's prepared for us. First of all, the gift of Jesus was prepared by a faithful God who always keeps his promise. God is faithful in all his promises. God is faithful in all of his promises. You know, scholars have calculated that there are somewhere between 300 and 400 prophecies in the Old Testament that point forward to, to Jesus. Just like here in Isaiah, 700 years earlier, Malachi, 400 years earlier, pointing to, to Jesus. And every one of them, every one of them has, has been fulfilled. When God makes a promise, it's as sure as salt in the ocean. God is faithful and always keeps his promises. One of the reasons I think that, that God gives us passages like, like Isaiah 9 is to remind us of, of his unfailing character. I mean, he didn't have to give us all these hints. He didn't have to show us how he was preparing this gift. He could have just, in the midst of all that was going on, Jesus could have just shown up on the scene and the angels come out and, hey, here's, here's a son. Here he is. But God is showing us. He's wanting us to know and to see and to take hold of, of a God of himself who, when he speaks, when he says something, he is going to be faithful and true all the way to the end. Our, our, our news today seems to always have a slant. In most cases, the, the promises of political leaders are, are about as solid as jello, Right? And sadly, even religious leaders can, can let us down as well as family, friends. But yet God will never, ever turn his back on his word. Ever, ever. Because he is perfectly faithful. He is sure and truthful and genuine. He is pure and true. He is forever faithful, reliable, and dependable. Every promise he makes is certain. They can be followed up with a yes, amen, and even a, for our Pentecostal friends, a hallelujah. <laughs> he is sure. When God spoke through Isaiah about a child being born whose name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, it was per perfectly fulfilled in the coming of Jesus. He was wonderful. He is mighty. He is everlasting. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is wise and he's a counselor to us. He is, he is God. He is 
perfectly man and perfectly God, fully God and man. He is a father who cares for us. Even though he's the son of, of God, he, he, he protects us and watches over us and cares and loves and nurtures us like a, like a good father. And he brings ultimately through his birth, life, death, and resurrection He is the way to have everlasting peace. He is the Prince of Peace. 700 years, God spoke it, and Jesus is it. God is faithful. You can bank on his word. He embodied all. Jesus embodies all. His name, his character, his nature, his ministry, this is who Jesus is. God's promise fulfilled. This gift prepared by a faithful, faithful God. Friends, this gives us hope. It's like that first candle, the Advent candle of hope. It shines bright. Maybe you're here today or listening online. Maybe, maybe you've experienced the letdown of broken promises or empty words. I know there's been times even in my life not even in my life. I, I just, I'll make a promise and just for whatever reason something comes up and I'm unable to, to meet that promise. Maybe missed expectations. Maybe you're here today, you've gone through a, a divorce or maybe your parents have gone through a divorce which makes the Christmas season more of a burden than a, than a blessing. Maybe you've recently been on the receiving end of just empty words Maybe even worse, maybe they've been hurtful words. Friend, you and all of us here this morning, every one of us, need to take hold of the hope found in a God who is faithful. We all need that. We're going to be let down in this world, but there's one who will never let you down. Just as sure as Jesus was born of a virgin in the city of Bethlehem as God promised, We can bank on every promise that God has made for us, to us, through his word. Promises like, he will never leave you or forsake you. No matter how bad things get, he is right there. He will never leave you or forsake you. His grace is sufficient for you, and his power is made perfect in weakness, the scripture says. You can bank on that. His grace is is sufficient. It will carry you. He will renew your strength as as you hope in him. You'll soar on wings like eagles, God's word promises. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not, not faint. He will work all things together for good for those who love him. There's nothing in heaven on earth that can separate you from his love. You cannot be bad enough to be separated from his love. When you belong to him, his love has you in so tight. He's he's got you and you cannot get away. Don't be anxious, but rather bring your request to God. And he promises to give you peace that's beyond understanding that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And friends, there are hundreds and hundreds of more promises like that all throughout the word. You can go online. I'd encourage you to do this. I did this um, this week. You just go on online 
and type promises in the Bible. And there are literally hundreds of sites that will come on. And you can just click on one, 50 promises, and just, and just read them. And just just give thanks. Just, there's, I mean, even last night, I was doing this last night. I clicked on one of those sites, and I just kind of had a, had a moment right there. I mean, this, look at all that God has promised me, and he's faithful, and he's going to do all of these things. One of the things that I do in my Bible, I, got, I, do, I like these little colored pencils. So I, I take blue, and any time I, when I'm reading my quiet time or in the, in the Word, I uh, take, and I see a promise, I take blue, and I just, I highlight it. I just, I, I, I'm, and that way, I've been reading through the Bible for a while, and I mean, if you took my Bible and you just opened it up, there's blue all over the place. I mean, blue, there's blue on, I don't know if you can see that, blue on almost every page. There's, blue is everywhere. God's promises are everywhere. I Man, just open it up here. Here's one of the Psalms. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Hear my prayer. Let my cry come to you. You will hear me. For the Lord builds up Zion. He, he ap- appears in glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. And it just goes on every page. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is might. Blessed are those who, who keep my ways. On and on and on. When you feel down, when you feel alone, when you feel maybe even this Christmas season, just in despair, take hold of the promises. Let them fill you and lift you and they'll, they'll help you to soar this, this season. Beautiful passage. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That's a promise right there. Do that one in blue right there. Mm, Blue. Come back to it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, amen, and hallelujah. God is faithful. He's a promise keeper. God's promises are like an anchor of the soul. Friends, God's promises are like an anchor of the soul. They will hold you steady, even in the fiercest of storms. Second lesson from our passage is this. The gift of Jesus was prepared by a faithful God to give light to our darkness. God gives light to our darkness. Friends, Christmas is here. God gives light to our darkness. As you, uh, there was a Christmas party last night. I went to it, and it was, uh, it was just fun just getting there. It was in the dark, and um, man, all these houses are lit up. There's light everywhere. Just as you walked in, there are Christmas trees. There's light and candles, and um, it's a reminder that God came, the birth of Christ, this, this, this uh, gift prepared is to give light in our darkness. Our passage speaks of a, of a people who walked in darkness, it says. You know, there's something about darkness that's a bit unnerving or, or terrifying. If you've got little ones, you know, what happens in the middle of the night when they hear something? What do they do? You know, they come, they, they come, yeah, it's exactly like, 
or you wake up and they're in the bed with you, right? <laughs> darkness, there's something about the darkness. Well, the people in the Bible, during the days of Isaiah, the, to walk in darkness uh, is, is dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous. I mean, I mean, even here in the, in the U.S., to go out in the city at certain times of the night is just not, it's not wise, right? So, I mean, it's risky. But these people, they're walking in darkness. They're described as a people who walked in darkness. In fact, Isaiah is ministering to, to the people of Judah during the time of, of great insecurity and, and turmoil. See, the people had turned away from God. And so he was withdrawing his hand, his presence with them. They had turned and rejected him. And so he just was like, okay, have Go, go your way. Go to the other gods. If you're not going to trust in me, you're going to trust in those other gods, I'm not going to force you. And God would allow the Assyrians and later the Babylonians to, to invade Judah and eventually conquer the people. They were a people walking in darkness politically, socially, physically, religiously. They would soon be removed from their land and exiled by a foreign nation. But yet during their despair and darkness, God would give them a great light, Isaiah says. Their darkness would soon give way to the, to the brilliance of a son born as a king. That's why these, these words from Isaiah are so important for many in that day all really they had to hold on to were, were the promises. Were his, that's all they could hold on to. Again, think about this, 700 years between Isaiah and the birth of Christ, yet they had these promises. In fact, the last book in the Old Testament is a prophet named Malachi. His book is written about 400 years before before the birth of Christ. And just as in Isaiah's day, the people were walking in darkness, yet Malachi gives them a promise. He says, But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Hmm. You who fear my name, in the darkness, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. You know, after that promise, there were, there were no more prophets in the land. 400 years of silence, waiting, trusting, hoping. The promise of a coming light would come. For many Christians, you know, really any of us, Christmas is filled with anxiety. Sometimes it's filled with loneliness, loss. Some of you I know in this very room have lost loved ones this year. It'll be a different Christmas. I lost a father this year. It's going to feel different. I was thinking about my mom yesterday. and um, you know, This Christmas will have a, have a different taste this year. It may very well feel like you're you're one of the people in Isaiah or Malachi's day. It just feels, it feels dark. It feels like you're walking in darkness. You know the seasonal uh, depressive disorder? I mean, it's a real thing. 
holiday blues. They, they hit many, many, many Americans, many, maybe many of you. Some of it has, I think, to do with uh, the time change. I mean, isn't it crazy? It's like at 5.30, it's dark. You get home and it's like dark. You go to work, it's dark. You get home, it's dark. It's like, man, what? <laughs> the, the lack of, of light and sunshine. Of course, the stress of the holidays, un, unrealistic expectations we place upon one another and travel, all of that stuff, it adds to, it can be depressing. It can be even filled with despair. Yet God promises us a gift. God knew. God knew. And he knows. He knows us when we're walking in, in times of darkness. The people in this day, they were, they were walking aimlessly, joyously, purposely, and even at times hopelessly. He was assuring them with these promises that, that the darkness would not last forever. He would give a gift that would dispel the darkness and bring in the dawning of a new day. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, For the ang- his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Friend, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter how thick the darkness is, God is with you. He loves you and will soon make the sun rise. God's promises are like they're like flashlights that that brighten our path. In fact, I've got one right here. You know, when the darkness hits, if we were to shut all, shut all the lights, if we didn't have windows and we just was all black in here, if you took a flashlight like this and turned it on, what would happen? You'd, you could be able to see. And, and you can make your way. Sometimes the, the, the darkness, the pain, the loss, the struggles, they can almost immobilize us. And we start... You don't even look forward to Christmas. You don't look forward to family gatherings. Maybe, maybe you, there's a there's some a broken relationship in a, in a family, and it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm dreading this. Take the promises, turn it on like a flashlight, and what you do, you just in faith you take one step. Now, what the flashlight does is. It, in the darkness, the, the light is, is going to dawn in the back, and this just, this just allows us to make our way to the light. This flashlight l- leads us to the one who is the light. This Christmas season, here's what I want to do. I want to call you to do something that's, that's I want to call it just hope-filled waiting. Hope-filled waiting. It's it's like turning on a flashlight, grabbing a flashlight to use in the darkness. Let me, let me just give you a couple of verses maybe, and then help kind of flesh this out a little bit. Psalm 33, verse 20 through 22 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. So our soul waits for the Lord, even as our our hope is in him. There's another one, Psalm 43, 5 says, Why are you 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for yet I will again praise you, my salvation and my God. Why are you in turmoil? Why the struggle? Why the darkness? Why the pain? Why all this is going on, but yet the psalmist is able to, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the pain, look out and trust and know and see that, that, that there's going to be a day soon where the praise will rise again. The weeping will tarry for a moment, but, but joy is about to come. And so you take the flashlight, you take the promises of God, and you let it just kind of guide your, guide your path through the disappointment. Okay, I can take this step. Okay, there it is. I got that. All right, Lord, I can, all right, I'm going to take another step. Here's that promise. Yes, I can do that right here. Hey, this, this, is, this is difficult. I'm remembering the loss of my loved one, but God, you're good. You're faithful. You're not going to leave me. You have all of these promises. Okay, I'm going to take that step right there. And you just, you get up each day, you take a step, you take another step, and before you know it, we're in the presence of Jesus. You know, the worst case is we die along this path, and then guess what? We're in his presence. You cannot lose. Take a hold of his promises. He is faithful. He is good. He will get you through. He is the light in your darkness. And here's the sweet thing about this. You don't do it alone. This is why we, we're together as a church. You know what? We, when, when you and I, when we, when we have Christ in our, in our lives, we get one of these, in a sense. And so, it's like all of us have one of these, and we, we gather together, and we, you got your flashlight, and I got my flashlight, and there's times when we're like, man, I need a new batteries. This thing is it's starting to go, it's starting to get really dim. And you come along and say, hey, I got you. Come on, I got you. Come follow me. Let's go. And we link up, and we do this thing, and we make our way, and we journey toward the light. That's what we do. That's why we gather together in life groups. That's why we gather together in worship. That's why we get around the Word. That's why we have, uh, sometimes have Christmas parties. Last night was great, just getting together and fellowshipping and encouraging one another. We do this. We carry our lights together. We hold into the promises of God like an anchor. And we make our way to the light. That's what it means to be, to wait in hope-filled joy. You see the light. You know it's there. God's promises are going to be faithful. He's there. He's in us. He's given us light, and we join together, and we make our way there. Now, we step on some rocks along the way. We trip. We, we, I mean, that's just part of it, right? But we hold each other up. We as a church, we're committed to connecting one another and our community to, to Christ. We want, we want one another and we want people to, to be connected to a community of, of faith, to, to live life together, to journey down to this, this hard road together. We want to point them to the one who is light. and We want to point them to how they can do it together. And then we want to invite them to come and, and, and join in this great mission and do it together um, as a church to be connected to a great, great cause. These verses, they tell us to wait while placing our hope 
in the God of promise. In the midst of being cast down, having a soul in, in turmoil. Friends, turn your flashlight on. Hope in God. Trust in his holy name. Your, he is your shield, your help, your salvation. He is your God. Wait hopefully in the pain. Wait hopefully in the loss. Wait hopefully in the despair. Wait hopefully through the tears. And like the psalmist said, hope in God knowing that soon you'll be singing his praises once again. Take a step trusting in a God who always keeps his promises. And here's the encouraging news. That hope filled, as we do this thing together, the joy is actually found in the journey. <laughs> it's, it's getting to do this to, together. It's, it's the ups and downs of life, and it's, we, we do it as a, as a family. We, we are First Baptists. We're a, we're a family. And we're making our way to a God who, who is sure, a God who will dispel the darkness, and a God whose promises will never fail. I just want to encourage you this week. Open up your Bible. Find a promise or two and take hold of them. Let it go down like an anchor and, and attach and just claim it all week. Maybe write it on a card and, and stick it on your mirror. Or put it in your car. That way every time you see it, um, get you a blue pencil and start just start highlighting, highlighting the promises of God. Maybe, friend, you're here today and you're like, you know what, I don't even think I have a flashlight. How do I get one of those flashlights, right? Hey, I, all right, you, you've convinced me. I, I have been doing this alone. It's been hard. Hey, Christmas is a little bit painful. It is a little bit of a struggle for me, and I'm doing this alone. I, I need a family. Well, friend, there's good news. Now, we're going to get more about this good news in the coming weeks, but let me tell you a little bit about it. I'll give you a, a, I'll give you a good hint. Jesus was born. He is, the, he is the light. And friend, all of us, just like the people in Isaiah's day, we're all walking in darkness. We've all sinned and turned away from God, and that cast us out alone because God is holy and he's perfect. That relationship with him, with him was severed. But God, in his great love, sent Jesus. He is the light of the world. And when we trust in him, when we turn to him, when we run to him and say, I want you, I need that flashlight in my life. I need the light. And I need a, a group. I need a family that I can do this life with together. He will forgive you. He will make you new. And he will put his light in you. He will give you a flashlight. If you're curious about, hey, what does it mean to be in a family? Come to step one. I'll tell you all about it. This is a great church. We'd love to have you be a part of, of this family of faith as we take our flashlights and we walk toward the light. God is good. God is faithful in all of his promises. And God gives light in the midst of our darkness. He is your hope this Christmas. He's been preparing it, and he's going he's to give it 
We're going to receive it, and then we're going to share it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the hope that we have in you because you, you are a faithful God. Every word, every promise, everything in the Bible is true. Everything that you've promised is, is, has come true. And God, every promise that is, is yet to be fulfilled, we, we can bank on it. And I pray, God, for this for everyone in this room. God, I pray for those listening online that maybe this week we would go to your word and just find a promise or two that we could latch onto. As God, maybe by your spirit, you would guide us to just that exact word, that verse or two that we need to hear. Maybe it's going online and, and looking up promises in the Bible and then reading through and going, oh, that's, well, that's, that's what I needed to hear. And then set that anchor so that in the midst of the storm, God, we will not be moved. I thank you for the promise of, of our darkness one day being gone. That when we are in heaven, God, your glory is so bright, there's not even a shadow. But as we walk and we journey this, uh, this road together, this, this Christian journey through the wilderness, oh God, give us your light. Give us the power and the grace to turn, turn our flashlights on and to trust you, to hope in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.